0: Our scripture this morning comes from the fifth chapter of Luke. It's a wonderful story. Let me read it. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Genesaret. Genesaret, that's the Sea of Galilee. It's a different name for it. And the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. He saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out. And we're back and we're washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down. This is Middle Eastern uh, tradition that the teacher would sit down and the, the pupils gather around, and that's what Jesus does, even though he's in the boat. He sat down and he taught the crowds from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. They were fishing but not catching. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and and help them. And when they came and filled both boats, so they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he said, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee. Who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. And when they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. Uh, There's an old saying, you probably grew up on old sayings, uh, wisdom sayings of different kinds, but this one says that life happens, life is what happens when you're making other plans. When you set the course of your life, and you're making plans, you set your goals, and you give yourselves away to the dreams of what those goals are about. You're dreaming your dreams, and that gives us a sense of direction. From that point, we begin to know where we headed. It took me a long time to, to really get that figured out. On the first day of college at Texas A&M, I went to my counselor and I said, I skipped all my classes, and I said, I want to change my major. On the first day, that's just the way it is. Sometimes it takes us a while. That sense of direction helps us define who we are. But then things happen. A flood, a fire, a shadow on an x-ray, a reduction in the workforce, bad grades, a broken relationship, and suddenly, all that control that we thought that we had, we realize is no more than an illusion. The bad dream comes and takes away the the positive dream that we were trying to to dream. And sometimes the, the interruption comes from within, right in here somewhere. We feel angry and cheated because our lives are not turning out like we thought they would, the dream that we had. Our dream is not turning out and we get upset about that. We may discover that when our early dreams of life get bogged down or interrupted, there's a loss experienced as disorientation. We begin to lose our way. We begin to not know where we are in life. We begin to not know how to get back on the path that we were on. And it ends up being a death of the previous dream. And it can be frightening and in the end, it we can become rigid and unyielding. But in the middle of it all, there's always the chance for rebirth and a deeper experience of God. This is partly what the the biblical story, the narratives are about is the way that people lose their way and then they find their way as they become oriented again. They become reoriented with a new direction. And God is always with us through the reorientation times and may even be the catalyst, the one who's prompting this reorientation. Someone once wrote, sometimes the Lord stills the storm and sometimes the Lord is the storm itself. And it's the wisdom of knowing which of those two is, is operational in our lives. Knowing the difference is a matter of faith. It's a matter of perspective. It's a way of believing that helps put order back into our lives. Simon Peter was the everyday man of, of life. He was the one that you would look at and say, that's just a common, ordinary guy. He was a fisherman. He got up early, long before daylight. He was up in order to get his boat ready and get the nets ready and ready to set sail. And after a long day out on the lake, It's actually a lake, but it looks like a it looks like one of the like Lake Michigan or something. It's pretty huge. And a long day out on the water. The nets were there, but there was no stinking fish. On a typical day with the stinking fish, what he might do is come home and and clean up his nets and clean himself up some and then go back out with his. His fisherman buddies to let off steam they would drink they might knock a few heads together they would surely tell loud long stories with one another it's quite amazing and Jesus came along and he he was so pressed in by the crowds of people that were following him the compression had kicked in and I don't know if he was a little uptight about people just being around him and wanting things from him but surely he couldn't speak in a way that the big crowd, the bigness of the crowd, could hear him. So he went to Simon and he said, I want to, I want to sit in your boat. Can you push us off just a little ways? And they did. And Jesus sat down. He was, he was ready to teach them. We don't even know what Jesus taught. There's no record of that. He told Peter to push out when he was through to the deeper water. You can see the depth of the water there, the Sea of Galilee. You can see it. It, You know, it goes for a little ways and it's pretty manageable. But then it drops off and it is a deep hole in this lake. And that's when Peter realized what was happening. The nets began to stir. That had not happened earlier in the day. The nets began to fill up. And it struck him as hard as anything ever struck him. He was caught in the presence of God in the form of Jesus. He understood how small he was and how great Jesus was. And he said the only thing he could mutter, go away, I'm a sinful man. Well, saying that didn't mean much because they're both in a boat, right? I mean, where is he supposed to go away to? They have to go back to the shore and the nets are full of fish and they were struggling with all of that. Do you see what's happening? This story is an amazing story because it begins to tell what happened and then there's the larger meaning of what it meant. This is an amazing story of one man coming to grips with his own mortality, his own sense of human failure. He came to grips with the fact that he was in the presence of God in the form of Jesus. When I was uh, doing some studies up on the East Coast, I ran into a book by James Loder, a theology professor at Princeton Seminary, and he was involved uh, in his everyday life, not as a seminary professor. The seminary professor is not all that threatening. But he was on a trip, he and his wife, and they had a trailer behind them. And they were pulling it along and they noticed someone was on the side of the road and the car, I don't know if that had a flat tire or what, but he parked his truck and his trailer and got out and went to help. And when he's bent down doing whatever it is that he was doing, a trucker plowed through this whole lineup of his trailer and his truck and the car that he was working on, plowed all the way through all of that and flipped over everything down into the ditch. And his own trailer ran over him. It was an amazing, threatening moment. He should have been dead. And so significant was this experience that Loder later in recovery, labeled it as a transforming moment. That's what his his book is about. He's a psychology professor. And he talks about these moments that come along, that are transforming, they come unpredicted. We don't step into them intentionally, they happen. This transforming moment, when something took place, something rather ordinary, but very dramatic. In that extraordinary moment, he experienced God. In a transforming moment, whether one is a person of faith or not, it doesn't matter, it doesn't seem to matter. There is a sense of the presence of the divine. You immediately come into the presence of what you would say is God. You come into the presence of the divine in this moment. Isaiah the prophet blurted out one day after he stepped into the the synagogue he said, woe is me for I am a sinner. He had this encounter, this transcendent encounter with God. It caught him totally off guard. Simon Peter said the same thing. He realized he was in the presence of God. Saul of Tarsus said it later when he was knocked off of his burrow on his way to Damascus. In such an extraordinary moment, it's the sudden realization that we stand before God. It's as if we have immediately found ourselves in the presence of something that we can't really explain, and all we can do is fall down to our knees and say, Wow! We're swallowed up in the amazing nearness of God and are able also to see with clarity the immensity of God, the sense of scale kicks in. No longer are you a regular person. You realize how small and insignificant you are. And likewise, the idea of God that might just be a concept to you is suddenly blown out into huge proportion, and you begin to realize the scale is so different. And what follows naturally is a feeling of inadequacy. Later, there's a feeling of resignation and cooperation. I'll do anything, God, that you want me to do. You wouldn't have said that until this moment. One may say, I will do anything that God asks me to do. It's the only response necessary. It's simple. Just do what God tells you to do. And these transforming moments can turn around the whole direction of your life. Where you were wandering around from moment to moment, now you have a purpose and you're moving, (coughs) pardon me, you're moving forward in life toward a goal. It's then you realize that God is the interruption. This is not an accident, calling you to something better, calling you to an adventure rather than a routine, which is what you were doing before, calling you to service instead of self. Calling you to courage instead of comfort and safety. And in those moments of interruption, you always have a choice. You still, you're not bowled over to the point that you you cannot maintain control of your life. It is the willingness to give the direction of your life away. You can let go and pursue God's path to the new, it's a way of faith. You discover that faith is now a path to be taken. It's keeping your eyes and ears open for the new moment of God's interruption where you learn to be spontaneous in playful, joyful response to God. You might learn to let go of, of having control over everything. There's this moment of relinquishing that happens. When you realize how futile that way is, that you really can't control everything, so why not get in sync with what God is doing with you? The God who is always with you even in the interruptions and especially in the places where things don't go your way. That's when things can go God's way instead. If you're going with God to the depths where beneath the surface there's an undiscovered world, you finally find the direction that your life needs. And we only get there by listening to God and paying attention with the willingness to follow God. Amen.